Hi, I'm Sammy Shulman. I'm Josh Siegel. I'm Aaron Kirkpatrick. And I'm Yoni Cruz. Oh, wait, that's just me doing a weird voice. Yoni did not show up, got you guys again. Um, but we are doing the South region. Is that right? Uh, no, it's East. It's the East region of the college basketball, um, all time teams or not teams players. Uh, Josh. Sure. So let's get right into it. Quick review. So far we've done the West and the South and we have sent Lou Alcindor and Christian Leitner to the final four. Um, both as one seeds today. Our matchups are one seed Brianna Stewart versus 16 seed Austin Carr, two seed Bill Russell versus 15 seed Doug McDermott, three seed Larry Bird versus 14 seed Don Staley, four seed Ralph Sampson versus 13 seed Pete Maravich, five seed Lem Bias versus 12 seed Shane Battier, six seed Cheryl Swoops versus 11 seed JJ Reddick, seven seed Grant Hill versus 10 seed Rebecca Lobo, and eight seed Bobby Hurley versus nine seed Allen Iverson. A lot of Duke. A lot of Duke. Does that make you happy, Josh, or does that make your life a lot harder? I mean, it might make this podcast a little longer, but... Of course um, it will. So, let's jump right in. Brianna Stewart versus Austin Carr. Anyone have anything too controversial to say? I honestly didn't even know who Austin Carr was. Played for the Cavs. Yeah, he was on the Digger Phelps Notre Dame teams in the 70s. Got it. Yeah, good player, one national player of the year. He's no Brianna Stewart. Um, Bill Russell. Yeah. Bill Russell. Doug McDermott. Uh, I love the Dons. I've always liked them. Like last year, I watched a game that they played against Gonzaga with the kid Ferrari they had, and they almost won. But it turns out that the Dons never beat Gonzaga. Um, But obviously, Bill Russell won two rings there. He's the winningest sports athlete ever and it started in college i'm sure it even started in high school so what yeah. he had two rings in in three or four years two rings in three years because you couldn't play four years then of course not um it was the freshman team like jerry west um but bill russell two-time first team all-american two-time national champion averaged 2020 for his career and in his last college game, had 26 points, 27 rebounds, and an unofficial 20 blocks. And he was, as uh, we talk about frequently, one of the smartest blockers of all time. Yeah. And Doug McDermott was very fun to watch in college. Um, he's fifth all time in career scoring and one of only three players with 3,000 points and 1,000 rebounds, but just doesn't compare to Bill Russell. Didn't he, like, single handedly get Creighton into the Big East? Basically. That's that's Wait. my favorite McDermott story. Sammy, what do you mean by he was a smart blocker? I've so never heard that basically term. the the tales of Bill Russell because they didn't keep blocks until like the eighties um, mm-hmm. was that he didn't block it into the stands to for effect like Wilt like he would mm-hmm. angle his blocks to where he knew his players would get the rebound. Oh, it came down to that argument mm-hmm. where it's like, is it more important to have the like blocks that I mean, it's not, it's not aggressive. like an argument. It's just something like I've Josh yeah. and I both heard uh, probably from Bill Simmons, but who knows about Bill Russell's game that I've always thought was really cool and just classic Bill Russell because all that guy cared about was winning. Yeah. And he um, did so it. next we have three seed Larry Bird versus 14 seed Don Staley. 
Um, Larry Bird, a college legend playing for the Indiana State Sycamores, made them undefeated. Is that actually their and, team name? Yeah. The Sycamores? And played in the most, probably the most famous, most hyped college basketball game ever, the Indiana State and lost, Michigan man. State Championship. Um, but he averaged a 30 and 13 for his career. He's two time first team All American, a player of the year, and making Indiana State undefeated in the national championship team is a pretty big accomplishment. So this wasn't, wasn't he, very wasn't hard he for bad me in the finals? He was, Indiana State basically focused their entire, or Michigan State essentially just focused their entire attack on him and would triple team him. And it um, worked. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm looking um, at his game log. The game before, in the final four, he shot 84%. And then in the finals, he shot 33%. Yeah, he was 7 for 21. Yeah. Um, Still, though. So, so next we have the matchup of two seeding catastrophes. Um, At least in my opinion. Ralph Sampson and Pete Maravich are both criminally underseeded. Um. Ralph Sampson should be a one or two seed. Pete Maravich should probably be a four or five seed. I view this as more of like a sweet 16 type matchup, but somehow we're having it in the first round. Um, and Pete Maravich, one of the greatest college players ever. Probably he averaged, the best four of all time. He averaged 44.2 points per game per his career. He's a two-time player of the year. Um, but at the end of the day, Ralph Sampson is, maybe the most dominant player in college basketball history, and I had to give it to him. So, Josh, at that time when Ralph Sampson was in college, did you have to play for three years? No. He had the option to leave every year. And, in fact, after his freshman year, Red Auerbach really tried to get him to leave so the yeah, Celtics could draft him. That would have been um, a lot better for him because by the time he ended up on the Rockets, Hakeem was coming in, what, a year yeah. later? Yeah. My, um, okay, I, can I talk about Pete Verovich for a second? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, first of all, like Josh said, 44 points a game is ridiculous. He, like, the stories about him are that he could shoot from wherever. He probably would have been a prolific scorer today. Yeah. He probably wouldn't have averaged 44, but he would have had Curry-like range, supposedly. My favorite Pete Maravich story is that in 1974, in an interview, he said that he didn't want to play 10 years in the NBA and die of a heart attack at age 40, but he ended up playing 10 years of pro ball and died of a heart attack at age 40. Yeah. I mean, actually, yeah. Yeah. The one thing I would caution about Pete Maravich's stats is it's incredible how much he shot the ball. I mean, for his career, he's a 43.8 field goal percentage, and he averaged for his career 38.1 field goal attempts per game and and 13.9 free throw attempts. And in college... and Wilt would have been dynamic. Yeah. In college basketball references all-time stat leaders, it goes back to 1985-86, the first year of the current tourney format. Um, Mm -hmm. And the all-time leader is a four-year guy who finished with 2,482 field goal attempts. Pete Maravich played three years and had 3,166 field goal attempts. So it shows it was a different time. He's not averaging 44.2 today because he's not shooting Is that Is he the much. all-time leading scorer in college yeah. basketball? Yeah. Um, and he did it without a three-point line, which is very impressive. But at the end of right, the day, and like Ralph's... I said, I'm pretty sure with a three-point line, he would have averaged 55. Yeah, um, but he wouldn't have shot that much. Um, Probably true. But yes. At the end of the day, Ralph Sampson, I'll talk a lot more about him. 
I have a lot of stats that show that he's really the one guy that I don't demerit for not winning a national championship. I was going to ask you. Um, but I'll explain why in later rounds. Um, it was, as you would say, the golden age of college basketball. It really was. Um, so next we have 5-seed Len Bias versus 12-seed Shane Battier. Um, and you guys want to start it off or should I? You should probably. Okay. So I think Len Bias has sort of become his college career has become overrated a little bit because of the fact that he died. Um, and I don't mean this in like a, you know, tacky way. Like obviously it's one of the great tragedies in sports history, but it's not like he dominated college basketball his whole career. He was a second-team All-American as a junior, first-team as a senior, which is sort of a typical thing you'd see at the time for a guy to be drafted number two. Um, him and Shane Battier have pretty similar resumes. Shane Battier was also second-team as a junior, first-team as a senior. What sets them apart is a couple things. First, Shane Battier also won National Player of the Year as a senior. He mm-hmm. also but wasn't, was national- wasn't Jay Williams better? He shared it with Jay Williams. Oh, actually? Um, yeah. And oh, cool. Shane, Shane Battier was, won a national championship, was the Final Four most outstanding player, and he was a three-time National Defensive Player of the Year. So I gave it to Shane Battier. I don't have a problem with that. Um, yeah. Nor do I. Yeah, I think one thing with Len Bias is that he did it at a worse college in the same conference during your golden age. Yeah. So I thought that you might pick him because of that. But at the same time, I should have known that you were going to pick a Duke guy that won a finals. But I don't have a problem with yeah. that. I, I don't think you're being biased. Yeah. yeah. No, it's – they have very, very similar No pun intended, bias. Yeah. They have very, uh, very similar career arcs, and Battier won a championship. Right. Um, That's fair. So next we have Cheryl Swoops versus J.J. Redick. I took J.J. Redick on this. I did not. Um, I think my problem with Cheryl Swoops is she only played two years and at actually at Texas Tech versus JJ's four. But, but I for forget, me, did, Duke, did Duke win a championship? No, JJ during Redick, those four years? No, he did not. He's the greatest Duke player to never win a championship. And what, oh, what was I missed that? What was the separator for me is so JJ Reddick's retired as the leader in three pointers made. He's the Duke all time leading scorer. Um, but Cheryl Swoops. Won a national. They both won national player of the year. What was the difference for me is in Cheryl Swoops' final college game, she scored forty-seven in the national championship to win it, and JJ Redick threw up a three for eighteen to lose in the Sweet Sixteen. But by that logic, Josh, like I'm not sure I'm disagreeing with you, but that makes Larry Bird's college resume a lot worse than some people's. Oh, like, that would make him worse. If you're oh, no, I agree. I think the difference is J.J. Redick had incredible talent around him and couldn't win a championship, whereas Larry Bird dragged, you know what I mean? Single-handed. Yeah, he came Bird. in the year after Battier, right? Uh, no, he came in the year after Jay Williams. And the 2004 team was a great team. Wait, he came in in 2002-2003? Yeah. Oh. 2014 was a great team, made the Final Four. I still think the refs blew it. At the end, J.J. Reddick got fouled on a couple threes do. that weren't called. Um, but at the end of the day, I have to. If you're a Duke guy and you don't win a championship, I have to demerit you. Um, 
And he, that's why, at least in my opinion, he's not on the Duke basketball Mount Rushmore. Um, Who is your I, Duke basketball Mount Rushmore? Can I guess? Then? Yeah. Christian Leitner. Yeah. Of course. Um, Bobby Hurley. Yeah. Uh, is there anybody from before that time? No. Okay. Uh, Battier? Yeah. And um, either Grant Hill or... Jay Williams, Grant I Hill. one of those two. Grant Hill. You could Grant split Hill. hairs between Battier, Jay Williams, and Johnny Dawkins, in my opinion. Oh, true, Johnny Dawkins. Um, yeah. I, I, if I, like, not that I'm as big of a fan or even, like, at all, I would probably have Leitner. I would have um, uh, Jay Williams instead of Grant Hill. Yeah. Well, speaking of Grant Hill, he's in our next matchup. Um, true. We have Grant Hill and Rebecca Lobo. Um, I went with Grant Hill here. I, I don't dispute yeah. that at all. Rebecca Lobo, great college player, but Grant Hill. I feel like it's very unlikely I'm going to pick a girls underseated. Not because it's just like we talked about in the previous pod, the competition. There's a reason yeah. that that person's underseated at that point. Yeah. So Grant Hill. I do kind of think that Grant Hill won his rings. Like, it's weird that he won them in the first two years. That's not how the greats do it, if that uh, makes I mean, sense. He, was, he was like a great – I mean, Leitner, Hurley, and Grant Hill is probably the greatest big three in college basketball history. I mean, they were all dominant. He made, But he was the worst. Like, he, he, made, the Chris he, he, he made the pass to Leitner in the 91 championship game. He had the famous alley-oop slam, which is by far the most memorable play from that game. Um, and He didn't start his sophomore year every game, though. But he, he was still – I mean, the thing with Grant Hill is up until Zion took that role, that title, I've always said that Leitner was the greatest player in Duke history, but Grant Hill was the best. Um, his scene, Like talented? Yeah. His senior yeah. year, he brought a not very good team to the championship game. I mean, just reading the roster of this team, this is not a typical Duke team. It was Grant Hill, then Cherry... Cherokee Parks, Antonio Lane, Chris Collins, Jeff Capel, Marty Clark, Eric Meek, Carmen Wallace, and Kenny Blakeney. So those were the players getting minutes, not like your typical Duke team full of blue chippers. Only two got other guys made the NBA, and neither did anything in the NBA. Um, and he basically brought them within an Arkansas miracle three of the national championship. He was a first-team All-American, ACC Player of the Year. He averaged 36 minutes a game in the tourney and played all 40 in the national semifinals. Um, it was He was sort of going on a Kemba run. And Arkansas, at the end of the – with a tie game and a minute left, with the shot clock running out, picked up a loose ball and made a 30-foot heave three-pointer. That basically won them the game. Right. Um, so. Last matchup, right? This is another, in my opinion, seeding issue. I think Bobby Hurley is a little too low and Allen Iverson is a little too high. Um, Allen Iverson had one very good year in college where he was a first-team All-American. But he didn't never got past the Elite Eight. And there are a lot of guys you can say are first-team All-Americans who didn't make the Final Four who aren't necessarily top 30 or 40 players in college basketball history. Whereas Bobby Hurley is a two-time All-American. The NCAA all-time leader in assists still is. He was a Final Four most outstanding player. He was the second best player on two championship teams, made three Final Fours, hit probably the most important three-pointer in Duke history. 
in the 91 semifinals against UNLV and finished. And in the famous Leitner game, he had 22 points and 10 assists. So this was a pretty easy choice for me. Yeah. The one thing with Iverson that like he had a very, I don't even checkered kind of college career. Like he's a polarizing figure. Like you either like him or you don't. And I think Bobby Hurley was kind of like the, the player on that Duke team that everybody kind of appreciated. Yeah. And nobody really had hate for him. Well, Bobby Hurley was the ultimate floor general. Like, last week... He was the Isaiah Thomas. I mean, last week I rewatched the... He was a better shooter than Isaiah Thomas. Um, he finished his career around 40% from three in college. But last week, we did family movie night, and in the Seagull house, that means rewatching the Leitner game. Um, of course. Um, With and- your mom? My mom came for part of it, um, but we've been doing a thing in quarantine where we watch one old sports game a week. Um, That's so fun. I wish my family liked sports. Yeah. Um, so, so far we've done, we did the Leitner game two weeks ago, and last week we did the Austin Rivers game against Carolina. True. Um, but My dad and I have been doing similar stuff, yeah. just not specific games. So, watching the Leitner game. Leitner was obviously the best player in the floor, but Bobby Hurley was in complete control of the offense. Just watching him, it was incredible. He always knew where the open guy was, knew where the best shot was. Um, And he was the ultimate point guard in college. He passed every eye test. And it's really a shame that he got in the motorcycle accident that ended his NBA career because there's a... I mean, he was was bad. uh, I mean, he would have been a great NBA player, I think. There was a, f- but he was bad in NBA when he played. He played for like seven yeah. years. No, Bobby Hurley, he played some seven I- games, maybe. What? I'll Bobby Hurley as a rookie got in a motorcycle accident and never played in the NBA again. Uh, according to this, he played four years. Uh, according, it must be somebody different. I don't. He played Bobby for... Hurley, drafted oh. by the Kings, played a total of 269 oh, well, no, he, career he games. He came back from the motorcycle. You see his rookie year, he played 19 games. That's right. Jay Will... Yeah, then went yeah, 68. Jay Williams seven. was the one who never came back. Bobby Hurley came back and was never the same. Um, I mean, yeah. Okay, yes. Okay. You made me very confused, yeah. but okay. Um, no, I mixed the two of them up. But, um, it's you know, there's a famous story... Because when that... I was doing my research for my what if, Bobby Hurley came up. Yeah, there's I a, was like, was I looking at a different one? I the, don't know. There's a famous story that the Dream Team lost a game to a bunch of college all-stars. Yeah, and, the 1984. No, 1992. There's a great document, 92. The greatest, but the USA happening? 1992 Dream Team Olympic team. Um, With Leitner. Yeah, was the greatest team ever assembled, and they played an exhibition game against a team of college all-stars. And it was like a real Leitner run game. Leitner was Leitner was on the on the dream team, and they lost. Okay. And Bobby Hurley was by far the best player on the floor. Um, yeah, there's like a quote about him where he it was outplayed like, Jordan and Hakeem. Yeah, yeah. It said they said something about where it was like he was just too fast. Like that team's glaring uh, flaw, I guess, if you want to use, was that they couldn't guard a speed someone with speed. I don't know. That was just yeah. something that really stood out when I was rewatching that. Yeah, because it was what, that what, there, it's it was available a, to watch. Uh, it's there's not a available documentary to watch. on it. Um, uh, in the documentary, they have clips of the game. 
Yeah. I'm so it's... confused. Okay, so there's clips of the doc in the documentary they made about that dream team, there's clips of that game. Right. And so that's available to watch. We send me the documentary later. Um Yeah, I'll I'll find it again for you. It's like right. on NBA TV or something. I don't yeah. Remember. I mean some of the quotes from players about Bobby Hurley in that game, he just he was incredible. But um so well, our second round matchups um, are Brianna Stewart versus Bobby Hurley, Bill Russell versus Grant Hill, Larry Bird versus Cheryl Swoops, and Shane Battier versus Ralph Sampson. Um, so to start it off, Brianna Stewart versus Bobby Hurley. I had to go with Brianna Stewart here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, she has the greatest resume of any women's college basketball player. Um, she won. The- she has the greatest resume of technically any college yeah. basketball player. She's a four-time national champion, three-time player of the year. Um, but yeah, so next Bill Russell versus Grant Hill. Once again, it has to be Bill Russell. Yeah, it's, it's obviously Bill Russell. Um, Larry Bird versus Cheryl Swoops. This was a closer one, but I went with Larry Bird. Yes. And then Samson versus Battier. That's I'm interested to see what you say. I said Samson. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, so now our Sweet 16, Brianna Stewart versus Ralph Sampson and Bill Russell versus Larry Bird. Um, both of these were hard for me to pick. Um, and I'm still not completely decided on Bill Russell versus Larry Bird. Um, I think Brianna Stewart beats Ralph Sampson, in my opinion. I do not. I yeah, I was, I was going to say I don't think Josh goes with that because Josh believes he should be at least a one or a two seed. Ralph, But at the same time, Four time, like I don't, I understand. Right. She's a, so a woman. here, here's essentially the difference between the two. Brianna Stewart played on a dominant team against extremely subpar competition, and Ralph Sampson played on a bad team against the greatest competition ever assembled. So um, what you're trying to tell me is like you're picking, you're picking the, the worst player in the NBA over the best player in college basketball, like that kind of thing. Not, I'm not following. I mean, your I logic. mean, no. So not really, but essentially, so Brianna Stewart, her teammates had a combined eight All America appearances during her career, including a couple first teamers. Ralph Sampson had one All American, who was a third teamer his sophomore year. Also, Brianna Stewart with UConn played in the American Conference, which only had a combined four tournament appearances other than UConn during her entire but, time there. But I think and wh- in the tournament, she did better. And, like, she won what? She won the final four most standing performer four times. Right? But Ralph Sam, so they were both the best player in college basketball. Um, she won the Naismith three times. So did Samson. I don't know. I feel um, like everything I look at here. and this In is- terms of stats versus her peers... She's kind of better. And, and this is th- not versus the peers. list of players Ralph Sampson shared All America teams with, just to show you who was in college basketball at the time. Mark Aguirre, Danny Ainge, Isaiah Thomas, Terry Cummings, Dale Ellis twice, Sam Perkins, James Worthy, Dominique Wilkins, Michael Jordan, Clyde Drexler, and Patrick Ewing. He also played at the same time as Akeem Olajuwon, who was snubbed from an All-America team in 1983. He had, Look, I hear you, he, Josh, but at the same time, he didn't. He wasn't as good as all those people. Almost. Well, no, half of them. 
And like, I don't care matters. about the NBA. He was better than all of them in college. The point is, this is a college basketball bracket, and three times he was deemed the best of that group of people. And that just speaks way more to me than the fact of the matter is that Brianna Stewart played at a time where there was a break between the Skylar Diggins teams at Notre Dame and now the Sabrina Ionescu teams at Oregon. Once again, she played right when conference realignment happened. So she was playing in an extremely subpar American conference. Um, yeah, the American conference and especially is, is not in women's basketball, in it's really bad. She played with a team that essentially had a monopoly on the sport. Whereas Ralph Sampson was playing other teams that were stacked with awful teammates and was still considered the best player, still brought them to a Final Four, and still was probably the most dominant player in college basketball history. Wait, did Ralph Sampson only bring his team to one Final Four appearance? Yeah, in 1981. And he played four years? Yeah. I might be jumping on the Sammy side now. I didn't realize he only had one Final Four appearance. And no, I knew he didn't have a championship. I mean, to me, it's but... just when you look at the teams he was playing against, that's the one time I'm not going to penalize him for it because the fact that the team around him was so bad and he was playing against such incredible competition. Josh, so are you, are you the kind of person who would say, like, Will Chamberlain wasn't that good because of who he played against? I mean... Or Bill Russell. I've... Bill Russell's 11 titles aren't nearly as impressive as LeBron's three. I mean, I would say Bill Russell's 11 titles are impressive because the Celtics weren't always the best team. I don't think that's a fair comparison because basically throughout the 60s, there are plenty of examples, both in the Eastern Conference Finals against Sixers teams and in the Finals against Lakers teams, where the Celtics were clearly not the best team. Like, by the late 60s, they shouldn't have won those championships. But LeBron... LeBron... One of his finals, he wasn't the best team. I mean, and for Bill Russell, at least six of his finals, they were the best. Right. Teams. No, that's why I'm saying I I think Bill Russell's 11 are more impressive. Whereas like here with Brianna Stewart, it wasn't even close that she wasn't the best team. I think honestly, the best comparison is that we couldn't we I think we all agree. We've talked about this before. LeBron's greatest accomplishment was bringing the 2018 Cavs to the championship to the NBA finals. And Ralph, I mean, the three-one lead is still the greatest accomplishment. That's the most I impressive, think maybe. Ralph Sampson was in a very similar situation, except instead of playing a Celtics team without Kyrie and Gordon Hayward, he was playing UNC teams with Michael Jordan and James Worthy. Um, I mean, he just so wait, what years did Brianna Stewart? Two thousand thirteen through two thousand sixteen. So that was just after and- Brittany Griner and Skylar Diggins left, right before Sabrina Ionescu came. And in those four years, they won all. They won the title every year. How many games did they lose? Two. I don't know. Not a lot. But the I just like like if they if they didn't, I feel like as at most they lost three games. That matters at a certain point. It does, but at the same time, like I just feel like what Ralph Sampson did with the competition he played against is so much more impressive than what Brianna Stewart did with the competition she played against. Wait, so was, I'm going to look at the schedule. Did Brianna Stewart play? Was her freshman season 2012? Yeah, it was 2012-13. So that year they lost yeah. four games, and then in the rest of her career they lost one game. Okay, so I think that that is indic- that's, I think, a big thing because 2012-13 – 
was the last year of the Big East. That was the last year of the no. And they still oh, won. That was they the, still won that the, was the la- Right. But that was the last year of the Notre Dame teams with St- Skylar Diggins. Then Skylar Diggins leaves. They beat Notre Dame in the tournament that year by by. I agree. Points. They were a better team, but she was also a freshman and not the best player on that team. Um, but she she won Final Four most, most outstanding, outstanding player. Yeah. The first time a freshman she did had that other since All-Americans on their team. Um, and I just think she played during sort of a time where there was a talent drop, whereas Ralph Sampson was the most dominant player in the greatest – in the golden age of college basketball. Here's what I'm going to say, though. You talked about who was it with who – you said their last game. Was it Redick? They threw up what? Three, three for, for eight? Three for Three for 18. Skylar Diggins last game was three for 15. And that was against Brianna Stewart Gardinger. Like, I don't know. I think there's a lot to say about. I agree. She's a great player. I just think Ralph Sampson is the most dominant player in college basketball history. And I think it's unfair that Brianna Stewart has to leave in the sweet 16. I would much prefer have this be an elite eight matchup, but I think Ralph Sampson is criminally underseated. KP, where, where, where are you landing here? I'm slowly and continuously landing towards uh, Brianna Stewart. Okay, so I think I, we're going to have to agree to disagree. Cause... I was originally on Ralph Sampson until I realized he only did one Final Four. Josh, if you can tell me the rest of the places he went, like how far he went he during had his other his, tournament bids. So 1980, maybe... um, he's a freshman. That was back when it was automatic conference bids. So it was hard to uh-huh. get in the tournament, and they won the NIT, which was actually an important tournament back then. Um, then his sophomore, so they didn't no. make the tournament. Um, that they year, lost in the conference tournament to Carolina, I think. Um, and okay, then his sophomore year they make the Final Four. His junior year they lost. Just so you know, Josh Brianna's freshman year they they made the tournament and they won it against Skylar Diggins. I know they made the sixty four team tournament. Like if you're comparing the state of college, like they make the tournament today, and Brianna Stewart played on a dominant team, whereas Ralph Sampson played on a bad team. Um, his sophomore year they made the Final Four. Junior year lost in Sweet Sixteen. Senior year lost in the Elite Eight by one to the eventual national champion. Um, and at the end of the day the talent pool in college basketball at that time compared to what Brianna Stewart played against and the teammates they played with combining with very similar accolades. I have to give it to Ralph Sampson. All right. Let's Um, move on. Larry Bird versus Bill Russell. This one was very close for me. I'm leaning Bill Russell. Um, I'm going Bill Russell. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is just that the only time Indiana State has ever been relevant is when Larry Bird made them undefeated. Um, I mean, they were were a good team then. Bill Russell played with Casey Jones. Um, But I'm going to give it to Bill Russell. Wow, Bill Russell played Casey Jones his whole life, basically. Um, That's funny. So your final four is Brianna Stewart versus Bill Russell. Mine is Ralph Sampson versus... Elite Eight. You mean Elite Eight, right? Bill Russell. Mine is Ralph Sampson versus Bill Russell. Where are you guys going? So, okay. The issue is, I feel like I want to say Bill Russell because I love Bill Russell. No, I am saying Bill Russell. I'm going with Bill Russell. And the reason is that despite um, all that I was just arguing for with Brianna Stewart, Bill Russell has two titles. 
in men's college basketball. And like I said again and again, that's something I'm surprised you didn't talk. Well, you did because you talked about the talent pool. I think that Bill Russell is just one of the most underrated players in history of sports. And I think he deserves to be in the final four. Where would you go, Josh? Um, so you and Ralph Sampson are just I think in love. Ralph Sampson is the most dominant player in college basketball history. But Josh, he, I don't understand how you can say that. Like, I, I'm sure he was, but he averaged 19 and 12 in his right, best He year. played with a 45. That's, that's not dominant. With the eight strength of schedule. In a 45 second shot clock era, the slowest place college basketball has ever been. None of the numbers from that time in the ACC are going to jump off the charts. How, what was the shot clock? When there, the Russell pace played? was so much faster in college basketball. There was no but shot clock. But what was clock. the shot clock? All right, but what happens okay. is when you institute a shot clock, you, it's, it's happened in um, – uh, what happened in college basketball is when they instituted the shot clock, it slowed the pace of the game because it gave teams a time frame to play with it, right? You didn't have people like Pete Maravich shooting 38 times a game because now the you – the way it worked was the first decent shot you got, you were shooting. Now it was, if you got a decent shot, maybe we can get a better shot 20 seconds from now. I'm not saying it makes sense, but that's the way the psychology of it worked in college basketball. So the game was played at a slower pace. The defensive intensity in the ACC at the time was the highest it's ever been in college basketball. And simply the eye test of Ralph Sampson in college basketball and the accounts of the way he would just throttle people. It, it's not that hard for me. At the same time, Josh, he was given so much more natural talent in the sense that he was, what, eight inches taller than Bill Russell? Or, I guess, seven inches? And he – I just height, feel like – Height is okay. a skill. Who, was the, who were the other best centers? Who were the best centers at the time besides Hakeem, Ralph Sampson? Hakeem. Hakeem. Hakeem averaged – better than him he averaged 16 or 17 and 14 like that's he averaged those stats on a and i think there's other players team that... with clyde drexler and ralph sampson was unanimously considered ralph but sampson what that, was what does that have to do with rebounds considered the player drexler. of the year and i think this is a case where you just have to look at the eye tests and read accounts of people who said they've never seen anyone in college basketball like ralph sampson and like I consider Dick Vitale I don't know, Josh. to be a great authority on the history of college basketball, and he had Ralph Sampson on his Ralph Mount Rushmore, and that speaks a lot to me. Um, Aaron, where did you land? I actually stuck with uh, Brian Stewart. Why? I just think about her dominance, and maybe there's a lack of parity. But just she was so dominant and like, at least for me, like, and this isn't a great reason, but she made it really entertaining for me to like go and watch uh, women's college basketball. Like, I loved watching it. And again, probably not like the greatest reason, but I'm still sticking with. She uh, was the opposite for you. For me, it was everyone else really sucks. And there's no competition, so why should I watch this? Like, it's, I don't know. I just felt like she had it, she had it somewhat easy because it was just bad. I mean, she played in an easy conference in a time with a talent drop. She didn't have to exert herself at all during the regular season. Um, I, yeah. I mean, Josh. They went undefeated, and she was the content. Like she was considered the best right. player. On I that think team. she's one of the greats. And like I said, I wished they had seeded this better so I could have her going her farther. But at the end of the day, 
So you would have picked her over Bill Russell, uh, you think? Probably. Okay. So can you tell me why you're anti-Bill Russell here? I'm like Because I'm just generally anti-college basketball in the 50s. Um, it was such a different game. The game was such a crapshoot. But that game, but the game that it was, Bill Russell mastered. Uh-oh. You can't analyze I agree, but that. I said at the beginning, I'm going to um, give the biggest advantage to people who played from 1979 through 1993. Because in terms of talent pool... Um, in terms of competitiveness, in terms of quality of play, in terms of how much it met, that's far and away the greatest. But I thought you just talked about the quality of play being bad basketball. because of the way the shot. I said the was. pace was slower, not the quality of play. So then, oh, okay, I, I see what you're saying. Um, like I said, the, I said at right. the beginning, well, there are going to be times. I literally said this three minutes in. There are going to be times when I pick a player averaging 18 points a game over a player averaging 30 or 35. Um, and I think this is just the best example of it. All right. Um, that's fair. Don't really got a response to that one. Should yeah. We, uh, should we, uh, wrap so it up? this is the first split I... and us, we all have a different person going to the final four. Um, for me and Sammy, it's our first non number one seed KP keeping it chalk. Um, Got so it. yeah, um, next uh, segment of this should be Friday. Yeah, in theory. Um, tomorrow we're doing another Wednesday. Well, supposed to be Wednesday. It will be now on Wednesday. Watchables is I think a cool thing to call it. Uh, but it's a rewatchable. Uh, we're doing the wild card game from last year NL between the Nats and the Brewers. Hopefully, a game that you guys are probably more familiar with because I feel like in general the people listening are like more football basketball guys, but that was local for us at least. And some of our listeners and uh, other than that, Josh KP, you have anything else to add? Well, in addition to that, this weekend, we uh, also, I'll be hosting our next Sunday. What if Uh, no spoilers as to what it is, aside from the fact that it is another basketball. What if, okay. And I'm sure, as I did, he'll be teasing you guys more um, as the week goes along. And we don't know when um, it's going to be, but John? me and Yoni discussed yesterday recording a podcast at some point for you guys that will simply be magical. Um, so, yeah. That... No um, Harry Potter podcast. Josh, no, Yoni and I discussed we want to do just one Quidditch podcast. Um which will oh, be very fun. We'll, we'll do a poll on the Instagram, and that will okay. decide if you guys do it. I think that's fair. Um, it's the floater pod, yeah. as we're plugging the Instagram. Um, other than this that... This time, if you send us in the question, uh, Sammy, if you are 74 and five days as of tomorrow, we'll send you a homemade cookie. Yeah. That's true. That's technically true. It's a little bit weird because it was a leap year this year, but that essentially that's yeah. true. So, other than that, thank you for listening to the Floater Pod. This was the third college basketball mm-hmm. podcast out of the five that we'll be doing on this subject. Tuesdays and Fridays probably will be sports history pods. Maybe only one of those days we'll see. Um, but other than that, thank you guys again for listening. And most importantly, stay loyal.